0: Welcome to the Patriarchy Podcast, a podcast that offers a simple, sociable, and structured way to dismantling the patriarchy. Seasons are changing, and the patriarchy is still here. In fact, it is everywhere in our houses, in the workplace, in schools, and even in church. The main question we'll be tackling on today's podcast is. Is religion as oppressive and as patriarchal as they seem? And today I'm joined by two lovely, phenomenal women. um, And we're going to be talking and unpacking our experiences of whether we've seen religion to be very patriarchal and how religion from time to time can sustain the patriarchy. So I'll repeat my first question again. Um, The main question we'll be tackling is, is religion as oppressive and as patriarchal as they seem? what do you think about that question ladies i
1: think i think in certain aspects it is definitely um i think that there are a few religions that um are oppressive their rules are quite oppressive to women and um they don't really allow for women in positions of power for certain for certain reasons i mean i remember once um, because I am Catholic. I remember once we were studying religious studies and someone asked a question, why can't women be priests? Mm. And the response was um, women, you know, um, wouldn't be as objective and they would let their emotions get in the way. Mm. Um, and I, I completely disagree with that. And I, I personally found it offensive. Mm. <laughs> um, make that 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 statement like that and i think that many do believe that and many do act upon it and i think the confusion or the comes comes about when people also interpret interpret religion in specific ways according to what they believe and what they think Um, and i think we really need to change with the times especially now i mean we can't have the same things happening in our society today in, in churches and mosques, as it was years and years and years ago. Mm. So yeah.
0: <laughs> and you, Teriro have you? Yeah. Have you experienced this as well firsthand of seeing patriarchy and that intersection of religion?
2: Definitely. Um, I think, as Grace had mentioned, um, the interpretation that people have of religion, and I think speak, speaking specifically to us as Africans and within our community, I think. Um, religion has been definitely used as has been used as a tool to be oppressive, and to really just um, clamp down on so many rights that people have, um, specific to women. I think, as she has mentioned, you know, women being told they can. All right. Okay. No, I was just in agreement with Grace with what she was saying um, in regards to um, the interpretation of what religion is and how that has been used as a tool. Um, by many within specifically our community african community it's what i can speak to because that's where i come from um but it's been used as a tool to oppress women and it goes as far as preventing women from being in leadership and having an active role in preaching and giving the word and even just little things in how you dress and having to conform to modesty culture as well and it's seeps into relationships and you're supposed to be married if you can do this or that um so I think definitely I think uh, um religion has been used to be oppressive Mm. yeah
0: I I mean if you look at it from a perspective you know because being an academic I always like to process trace and understand like you know how it how is it that um you know religion can sort of what can I say the word is Prioritize men over other uh, groups, and you know you can go back to specific texts. You can go to the Bible. You can see where they say that you know the husband's meant to be the head of the whole household. Um, and I can't remember what specific chapter or verse it was, but they, there was something about how the woman is not meant to challenge um, their husband. So there are these, there is evidence, you know, and just, that that justifies the fact that women are meant to be submissive. Um, but I think, you know, the question then begs as to how, you know, as society progresses, are we then able to challenge the text and saying, listen, we live in a, we live in a gender, gender equal society. So therefore, the, the, the religion needs to be progressive as well. Um, so I guess my question is, how is it that religion can sustain the patriarchy in our everyday life?
2: Hmm. Mm. Um. I think speaking to what you had raised regarding certain scriptures that are used to sort of, you know, give support for these practices that people continue with, um, I think what we have to remind ourselves is that the Bible, when it was written, um, it was used as a guiding principle and it spoke to a people within a certain period of time and history. And I think we need to appreciate that when we actually read the Bible. I mean, there's genocide in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, we cannot condone that in this day and age. But yet we want to continue certain traditions and um, things that are spoken of in the Bible, for example, um, how women should dress and how she should cover her head and women shouldn't preach and women should be submissive to their husbands and all ways and forms. I think we need to evolve in terms of how we interpret the Bible to appreciate what it gives us in terms of its wisdom, its poetry, its history, but to also understand that it was written for a particular time and as we use some of those um tools and knowledge that we need to put in the context of the world we live in today. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. Um, and they feel as though it betrays what the Bible is about or what the Christian faith is about. But I think in faith and religion and spirituality, it's about growth, it's about evolving. I mean, that's how you actually develop and gain a richer understanding of what it is that you're practicing to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: and you grace how do you have how have you seen because i mean we went to the same catholic high school (laughs) so how do you see um you know religion being sustaining patriarchy
1: you know i completely agree with what you said um tario i mean like um when it comes to the bible it's you don't really have the source to go to and and ask and approach, what did you mean about this? And I think that's both a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing is you're able to study it more and understand it. Mm. Um, But the bad thing is that people who are in these um, top, um, um, in the higher top areas of religion, interpret it in their way. And then they, they kind of force that way onto the group of people that are following them. And I think that's a problem when it's not really correct. Um, Because like you said, um, it has led to, you know, women needing to be submissive to their husbands and it has led to lots of cases of gender-based violence and um, it coming with the fact that no, you know, it's almost justifiable because you have to obey your husband and, and all these things. And I think it's, um, it's also, it's the problem because you teach kids from a young age, like we were taught in school, um, based on whoever we have as a teacher that year, and based on their opinions and their interpretation, and we have to kind of take it on with us for the rest of our lives. Mm. And I think it's really difficult when you're locked from um, any other interpretation, any other view, that anyone may have any opinions because of one person's interpretation on such a large, um, deep topic like religion is. And um, I think just also when it comes to, you know, the, the roles that men and women play in the church, I mean, you do get women pastors, pastors and it's very rare um, however, in, in many churches, it's the men who are the leaders, the, the prophets, um, the priests, and it's the women who you would find, um, I'm talking um, different religions here, like at events, who would be handing out the food and, you know, chatting people up and other stuff than like that. And it's almost as if they're not allowed to be as influential, as powerful as men, simply mm. because of their gender um so I think that's very problematic and people are really really honing into this thing and I just find it really difficult to understand what what it is that makes women incapable of being powerful in their religion um in their perspective religions as men are
0: yeah because I think it's almost as if you know um and I think I'm speaking from my personal experience um, going to a Catholic uh, school, where women are essentially seen as second-class citizens, um, and that is essentially our ordained role um, in in our in our uh, in our religion. That because I, I also remember the conversation of having the discussion around where the woman can be priests. And at the time it was like, no women can't be priests. Um, and it was just, you know, it, it puts you in that mindset to say, you know, women can't be in powerful positions. They only just there to be served, to be seen and that's it. But then I also remember having a, a conversation about, you know, homosexuality in the church and there is a very interesting textbook we we received called, what is it called? Theology of the teens. I think it was something like that. Um, Theology and of the body. Theology of the Body for Teens, yes. Um, mm. and when I what I, you know, so I appreciate the the, the deepening of spirituality, as, especially as a teenager, because, you know, there's concerns that with teenagers, we have peer pressure, you know, we, we go out in the streets and we become crazy, we become wild. So I appreciated that moment. And I think I didn't actually realize until I left the high school setting and I reread the book, that there was a section that spoke predominantly about homosexuality. And it said that if you have a friend or you know of someone who is homosexual, then it is your Christian duty to make sure that they find the light and they convert to the normal way. And I was, I was shocked because I was like, you know, the, the, we didn't necessarily have these conversations openly in high school to say, how does the church look upon, look upon homosexuality? But it also because it was viewed as a taboo we didn't just we didn't talk about it but then having this text openly say if you know of someone make sure to help them so that they can become normal was just it was it was so it was so crazy for me so i mean do, do we therefore see the church um you know or religion as a way to just sort of prescribe the prescribe the normal way of being Um, and therefore does it therefore make space for homosexuality does it makes make space for vulnerable groups does it make space for minority groups like how do you how do you fit into a space where you're not necessarily seen as 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 equal outside of your gender
1: Hmm.
2: yeah that's a big one Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Um I mean, I think it's very dramatic that 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 happened because I mean, who determines what normal is? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, also with with the LGBTQIA plus community, I mean, what angers me the most is the fact that people interpret it. as a sin um and for me if anything being christian which is like one of the biggest debates you have with people who are religious and and um you know are against um the lgbtq plus community is that no it's not right it's a sin and my 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 thing is always when i when i talk to them is we don't go go about calling you anger or or um rapist over there or high killer and group you. We don't call you by your sin and stuff like that. We don't always identify. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that from their perspective. So my thing is that what gives people the right to determine what is right in this sense? Because I mean there are many Christian churches, um, um there are many churches that um Except the LGBTQIA+ community, and there are many churches who are against it. And mm-hmm. my thing is it's the same Bible. Um, so there's that very big problem when it comes to the people who are at the top, the people who are supposed to be teaching us all this mm-hmm. stuff, and they're they against okay. being.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and that's very problematic because who are we yeah. to determine? What is right? What can be acceptable to society? What can be acceptable to a certain religion? Um, based on our own personal interpretation, and then enforce that onto others. Mm. Um, I think that's very problematic, and and many people just push this. And I think many people. I think the problem is many people push their opinion and then back it up with religion, and it's not the correct intention. Um, mm in that,
2: in a sense. Yeah, I completely agree with what Grace was saying. Um, I don't think religion should necessarily have a hold on what society should define as normal. Um, And even what does normal mean, (laughs) (laughs) to be quite honest now, (laughs) because I doubt that most of us would classify as normal. but yeah, as you're saying, like it really shouldn't have a hold on what is normal and determine what is acceptable or not. But unfortunately, we have this history of colonialism where a Western religion was brought onto us and forced upon us and was set as the status quo and, and as a guide for what is moral and immoral, you know? And the fact that it also just dis- disregards our. Um, African religion, you know, that also is something we need to recognize and try and see how we can sort of um, reckon with that. Um, but yeah, I, I have experienced that in the church where people um, are struggling to come to terms with their gender and with their sexuality and um, sexual orientation specifically. And it's so disheartening and so upsetting to see them being told that there's something wrong with them, like they're diseased and that they need to be changed. And I think what the word teaches us in essence is about accepting and loving people fully for who they are as they are. And I think Jesus, if we truly look at his life was a great example of that. He went and was with people that were disregarded by society, you know, Prostitutes and gamblers and people who were sort of, you know, <laughs> everything bad of that time. Um, and so I think for us, we need to really start challenging that and really being able, we need to be able to stand up for those people who are not having anyone support them within the church. And in my own personal life, I've taken it upon myself to actually to speak to people that. Um, to challenge people when they bring up the conversation and they want to be homophobic or transphobic or sexist and say, no, you can't use God's word to defend your biases and your prejudices. No, you Mm. can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think one would argue that um, being, you know, hate would, would be the sin, like the, the allow people to love who they need to love and not and not use your yeah, it's it's such a contradictory. Such a, it is. I think homophobia yeah. is a sin, honestly. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, one of one of these I think why these conversations are so tough is because we've we've sort of been in, in environments where we've been brought up in these in these environments, and mm-hmm. so we're sort of challenging the way of the way of mm-hmm. people's perceptions, you know. And I think what's important is that we need to realize at what point does our religion infringe our identity and most importantly our freedom and our agency. So if one does feel that they are liberated and they feel happy with the, the religion they they um they experience or they they you know they intercount they counter with, then that is fine for you. But it, it shouldn't be the case that you should not be able to tolerate other people 's sexuality and other people 's preferences, um, I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day it should be that we 're all human, and that should be that should be respected so mm-hmm. I mean, when we look further, if we could dive deep into how um, patriarchy has affected um, you know, our right to our bodies because you know Taira mentioned that we are, we're expected to dress modestly, you know, we can't show our shoulders, we can't show our knees. Um, and then if you drive deeper into, in terms of how it's affected our sexuality and our reproductive rights, what are your viewpoints on that? And, and in particular, what, what personal experiences have you gone through in that?
2: Um, I, I have a story, because I'm a health professional, I'm a doctor by profession, and I remember during my internship, um, we had a patient who needed to receive, I was doing obstetrics and gynecology at that time, Mm -hmm. and we had a patient who needed to receive an IUD, intrauterine device, Mm -hmm. um, as long-term contraception. And my senior doctor, because I couldn't do it, I'm an intern, I'm still learning. And my senior doctor was supposed to insert it, but he refused. And his reasoning was that as a Christian, he couldn't insert an IUD, which would, in his, in his perception, it was going to um, destroy or excuse me, um, it was going to kill a fetus or an embryo that would have formed, which is completely incorrect. Mm. Um, and because of that, he denied this woman. And I now had to look for another senior doctor who would be willing to assist me with this lady to insert this IED. And the reasoning that he gave was that it was against his beliefs as a Christian to actually go ahead with this. And I think that's a conversation that happens a lot within healthcare where um, health professions will not do um, certain procedures because they believe it's against their religious beliefs, which in fairness, we can appreciate that. However, to deny a person or to shame them when they're seeking that treatment, whether it's termination of pregnancy or sexual education, um or contraception we don't have a right to do that you need to be able to refer this person to someone else who can assist them and not subjugate them to a feeling of you know of shame and of feeling like they cannot receive what is they they need in that particular at that particular point
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah grace do you have anything
1: yeah. i mean i think the Biggest thing for me is always about, um, you know, the stress code um, that we're supposedly supposed to follow. Mm. And, you know, it's always always that um, you can't wear shorts. You know, um, maybe it's men are around or your aunts nice. are coming. Um, you know, your top has to be way over your hip, your waist. Um, you know no strappy things must be covered Mm. all the time Mm. I don't know I feel like it's very constricting and I think it has also a lot to do with rape culture because we're teaching women to continuously cover up for a thousand reasons but they're never the problem and we're never really addressing the problem and it just becomes a continuous cycle Mm. Um, and I think I mean I've experienced that you know family members you know wearing a long skirt with a side split um you know schools you know having to not wear strappy tops um so many things and and i mean it's always and and the worst is when they bring religion into it and say it's ungodly Mm -hmm. and it's unholy um i mean your your body is a temple um so, you know you can't do this to it, and you can't do that to it um, and and I mean, I know there are various other religions that um have it to a higher, much higher level than others do, but I mean, I can't speak for them. I mean there's some who are happy and proud to do it, and then there are others who feel that it is very you know um it's quite restricting um and and they're not able to express themselves and I think it's very problematic that it's always it's always the women that have to adjust for the men um it's always the women that have to um you know praise the men and obey them mm-hmm. um and I think in that sense I think that's when we need to kind of like you said adapt to um the changes as Candace said um you know we can't be following the same things that we've always done when it's a completely different environment. We need to uplift the women. We need to, I think, have more women in those powerful positions and in leadership positions in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the same time, it's also just as much as people say men need uh, boys need good men to look up to. I think women do as well to be able to see themselves in these powerful positions. Um, so yeah i think that's that's very important yeah
0: i think there definitely needs to be more represent representation in the in the church space um and in particular having a more progressive um, i don't know what 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 would one even call it a representative um I don't even know what to call it.
2: <laughs> Having a voice though. Yeah, like,
0: Representative. Because
2: representation yeah. is there. Like if mm. I look at my own church, like they've tried to have elders who were women, but to be honest, they don't really have a voice. They're just there. They're just faces. <laughs> so I think it's also about allowing women to have a voice within the church to be able to make decisions and to have influence. Because there might just be a face that sort of represents like, oh, by the way, we hear you, you know, you wanted black people here. They are you. We wanted women here. They are. But I mean, it's still the same issues that we're dealing with, you know? Um, but it's so difficult because I feel like it's so ingrained beyond religion into our culture and into our society where um, I think most of these beliefs and these values are reinforced by religion, but even without the religion, people just persist with them. I mean, as you were touching on, like with rape culture and how women, the onus is always on women, you know, you always have to modify and change yourself and always try and make put yourself in a box so that you're not in any way influencing or tempting or, you know, creating an environment where you're the one who's attacked. And I, I'm just so fed up with that. It's so frustrating. It's so angering. And it's unfortunate that, you know, our religion, the way it's practiced, because I believe the word itself does support women, but I think the way it's practiced, the way it's interpreted, the way it's fused, the way it's still being taught is in such a way that's so destructive and so reductive of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but like, do you ever wonder the mental health and the, you know, the effects it has on self-esteem and, you know, people just you know, having self-confidence. I mean, for myself, just the way I dress, like, even wearing a bikini, like it frightens me, (laughs) you know, as a black woman, you know, I'm like, oh my God, who's around? Should I be careful? Is it immodest? You know, I mean, I come from so-and-so's family. I can't be seen to look in a particular way because it might come back to my family. So, I mean, you feel so policed and so controlled that- you can't even have ease in the simple thing as you know swimwear or like dressing up for a date you know it's mm. it's it, it, it seeps into other aspects of your life yeah. yeah yeah
0: um that's definitely very true I think there definitely is so much importance in you know how our values can ha- shape our identities and so if we're always coming in from a position where we are restricted and we can't we can't weigh this. We can't weigh that. Then it can actually, ultimately, you know, transform into anxieties. It can inf- transform yeah. into traumas, um, and I think we've we've seen that play out in which certain uh, religious institutions have taken advantage of their power and used that as a form of abuse on on young girls yeah. in particular. Um, and so it's just always so important to. I guess, trust your gut and know that if it's not for you, then it, it does it serve you or maybe adapt mm-hmm. it to make sure that it does serve you spiritually. So, I mean, my, my, my final question in wrapping this discussion up would be ideally what would a religion look like that is progressive? What would the transformation be in those specific spaces
2: I think a religion that's intersectional, if that can be applied to it. (laughs) I mean, a religion that really takes into consideration its people, where they're coming from, you know, the community, the socioeconomic status, the social, um, the different sexual orientations present, um, Mm -hmm. all of that, I mean, that would be beautiful. And I think they do exist. Um, I think in America, you're slowly getting a few churches that are LGBTQI inclusive, that have women who are rectors and pastors. Um, I think the Anglican church has actually also incorporated that as well. Um, so it's slowly happening, slowly beginning, um, but there's still much work to be done. And I think having more, having a church which is willing to have open forums and discussions and not shy away from the bible like let's talk let's 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 discuss you know i mean if you think of the stories in the bible in the new testament with jesus sitting with his disciples and just dissecting through um, the Torah and what it means and like just really digging and exploring what the word is that like, those are the type of discussions we need to have. And I think that's the way we can approach our faith and religion moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, I would love to see a feminist <laughs> um, all-inclusive church, um, you know, and one that also, you know, challenges interpretation, challenges you to interpret, to interpret the word um, instead of forcing ideals they're not certain on of. Um, and I think one um, that is inclusive to the LGBTQI plus community. Um, um, like Tariro had mentioned earlier, You know, having women in um, able to express themselves and have a voice in the church, and and have young girls and and boys look up to them, and and I mean that also builds up. That also, I'm sorry, I don't know what what happened. Um, that also builds up their confidence levels as well. Um, So that's what I would. like to see in a church and they are like you said um, churches as well here in South Africa that also have started but they're very small um, and I'd just like to see that grow a little bit more
0: yeah no I definitely agree they definitely I think our religions have to be more progressive instead of asking people to be submissive I definitely think that we need to require more people to become no, not even people, make our religion more progressive. Um, And in doing so, that means it has to be an accepting and loving environment that accepts people from all walks of life, irrespective of race, creed, sexuality. Um, It's so important that we at least have these spaces that allow us to deepen our spirituality, but also um, allow us to be who we want to be. So I, I guess on that note, we're going to end off the podcast there. And, um, you know, I think it's so important that as an individual, you're always just questioning yourself, your spirituality, your, um, your way of life and making sure that it's never coming into conflict with the person that you want to be for yourself. And on that note, from our two lovely panelists, Grace and Teriro, we end off the patriarchy podcast that way. And I would like to remind you that the patriarchy isn't going to fight itself. Thank you for listening to this episode.